welcome to Biblical Tapestry Podcast Season 6, Episode 9, A Study in the Book of Jeremiah. Biblical Tapestry is a podcast where we explore how the Bible is its own commentary, and how the gospel is thoroughly woven from Genesis to Revelation. In this episode, God gives Jeremiah a task to run around the city of Jerusalem to see if anyone can be found who seeks justice and truth. In this episode, we see what he finds. All right, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 5. We'll start in verse 1. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. Search her squares to see if you can find a man who does justice and seeks truth, that I may pardon her. Though they say, As the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. O Lord, do not your eyes look for truth? You have struck them down, but they felt no anguish. You have consumed them, but they refused to take correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to repent. Then I said, These are only the poor. They have no sense, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. I will go to the great, and I will speak to them, for they know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. But they, all alike, had broken the yoke. They had burst the bonds. Therefore, a lion from the forest shall strike them down. A wolf from the desert shall devastate them. A leopard is watching their cities. Everyone who goes out of them shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many, their apostasies are great. How can I pardon you? Your children have forsaken me, and have sworn by those who are no gods. When I fed them to the full, they committed adultery and trooped to the houses of whores. They were well-fed, lusty stallions, each neighing for his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? Go up through her vine rows and destroy, but make not a full end. Strip away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have been utterly treacherous to me, declares the Lord. They have spoken falsely of the Lord and have said he will do nothing. No disaster will come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine. The prophets will become wind. The word is not in them. Thus shall it be to them. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, because you have spoken this word, behold, I am making my words in your mouth a fire. And this people would, and the fire shall consume them. Behold, I am bringing against you a nation from afar, a house of Israel, declares the O house of Israel, declares the Lord. It is an enduring nation, it is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Their quiver is like an open tomb, they are all mighty warriors. They shall eat up your harvest and your food. They shall eat up your sons and your daughters. They shall eat up your flocks and your herds. They shall eat up your vines and your fig trees. Your fortified cities in which you trust, they shall be down with a sword. But even in those days, declares the Lord, I will not make a full end of you. And when your people say, Why has the Lord our God done all these things to us? You shall say to them, As you have forsaken me and served foreign gods in your land, so shall, so you shall serve foreigners in a land that is not yours. Back to verse 1. Run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem. Look and take note. 
Search your squares to see if you can find a man who who does justice and seeks truth. I may pardon her, though they say, as the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. Now we have the first symbolic act that God asked of Jeremiah. There'll be several more as we move through the book. Probably this was the best way to communicate the seriousness of God as both Jeremiah and Ezekiel performed many symbolic acts to make a strong point. These are sometimes called an enacted parable or a sign act. They all have the same pattern. God told the prophet what to do, the prophet performed the act, and the interpretation was then given. Sometimes this was quite dramatic, especially for Ezekiel, if you read the book of Ezekiel. But they served to get the audience's attention. The message was what was important, not the actions of the act itself. This action that was given to Jeremiah, still a very young man at the time, was to run to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem to take note of anyone who does justice and seeks the truth. This was a a dramatic way that God was to demonstrate the moral condition of the city as Jeremiah was looking for righteous people. And what was found in the city was only superficial piety. They acknowledged God in oaths, but denied him in the actions of their lives. In verse 2 they say, As the Lord lives, yet they swear falsely. As in Sodom and Gomorrah of old, there was no faithful person for whose sake God would pardon the city. Verse 3 says, O Lord, do not your eyes look for truth? You have struck them down, but they felt no anguish. You have consumed them, but they refuse to take correction. They have made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to repent. And then I said, These are only the poor. They have no sense, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. I will go to the great, and I will speak to them, for they know the way of the Lord the justice of their God, but they all alike had broken the yoke, they had burst the bonds. Therefore a lion from the forest shall strike them down, a wolf from the desert shall devastate them, a leopard is watching their cities. Everyone who goes out of them shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many, their apostasies are great. So it looks like that Jeremiah sought first the poor or the regular people of the city looking for one who does justice. However, Jeremiah sees that these poor had made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to repent. The situation of their lives was hard, but they felt no anguish. In fact, they became more resolved to sin against God. There was no regret to ask God for forgiveness and to change behavior, to live righteously. Now, the poor here could be those in poverty of knowledge or understanding, Probably not necessarily the economical poor, but it could have been. They were the regular people of the city. Verse 4 says, And then I said, These are only the poor. They have no sense, for they do not know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. I will go to the great and will speak to them, for they know the way of the Lord, the justice of their God. But they all alike have broken the yoke. They have burst their bonds. So dismissing the regular people, that he had polled as without sense and ignorant of the laws of God, Jeremiah now goes and seeks the great. Now the great meaning the leaders of Judah, as certainly they were educated and knew the law, and as a leader they would have a sense of responsibility. But what does he find? 
They were no better. In fact, he compared the rebellion like an ox that has broken its yoke. F.B. Huey writes, Wealth and position, or lack of them, have nothing to do with knowing God. For these people, judgment was coming. Judgment was inevitable. Verse 6 again, Therefore a lion from the forest shall strike them down, a wolf from the desert shall devastate them, a leopard is watching their cities, everyone who goes out of them shall be torn in pieces, because their transgressions are many, their apostasies are great. The lion, the wolf, and the leopard is watching. Now these are probably not literal beasts, but representative of the coming Babylonian empire. The prophet Habakkuk, who prophesies whose prophecies overlap Jeremiah's near the end of Jeremiah's ministry that were all leading up to the destruction of Judah, wrote about the Chaldeans, or the Babylonians, one and the same. In Habakkuk 1.8, Though horses are swifter than leopards, more fierce than the evening wolves, their horsemen press proudly on. Their horsemen came from afar. They fly like an eagle, swift to devour. Judah is facing a disaster of its own making. Verse 7 says, How can I pardon you? Your children have forsaken me. They have sworn by those who are no gods. When I fed them to the full, they committed adultery and trooped to the houses of whores. They were well-fed, lusty stallions, each neighing for his neighbor's wife. Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? Now, how is God justifying Judah's punishment? The question asked by God is, how can I pardon you? They credit false gods for their provisions that they have. And in the time of Hosea, who lived about 100 years before Jeremiah, he prophesied that Israel, the northern kingdom, would suffer under the hands of the Assyrians because they had forgotten God and gave the credit for the prosperity that they were having to Baal. In Hosea 2.8 it says, And she did not know that it was I who gave her the grain, the wine, and the oil, and who lavished on her silver and gold, which they used for Baal. Judah was doing the same thing. Affluence can result in arrogant self-sufficiency, in growth, in immoral conduct, instead of humble gratitude and submission that should come with support. Once again, God used sexual promiscuity as the comparison of being unfaithful to God. Now, this could be literally or figuratively, probably both. This comparison was used extensively in Hosea and in Ezekiel. God was done with the gross carnality of his people and used some of the strongest language to describe how far they had fallen away from God, calling them well-fed, lusty stallions eager to sin with a neighbor's wife. God wants over and over again to forgive them, but the absence of repentance left him no recourse. It says in verse 9 again, Shall I not punish them for these things, declares the Lord? And shall I not avenge myself on a nation such as this? Verse 10 says, Go up through her vine rows and destroy, but make not a full end. Strip away her branches, for they are not the Lord's. For the house of Israel and the house of Judah have been utterly treacherous to me, declares the Lord. The destruction coming was devastating to the point that the conquerors would strip all the food grown in the land and take it back with them, including the vineyards, rows of grapes. 
But this is also symbolic of the actions against the people. Strip away the branches because they do not belong to God. But do not destroy the root. Do not destroy a remnant. God already has plans for the restoration of Israel, not as two separate kingdoms, but as one. Verse 12 says, They have spoken falsely of the Lord and have said, He will do nothing. No disaster will come upon us, nor shall we see sword or famine. The prophets will become a wind. The word is not in them. Thus shall it be done to them. How do the people respond back to Jeremiah in regard to God's message to, in a call of repentance and the result of destruction of following idols? Well, nothing has happened and nothing is going to happen. No, no disaster is going to fall on us. You're crazy. Essentially, they had practical atheism, ignoring God altogether. The response in verse 13 could be, ridiculing the true prophets by calling them essentially windbags or this could be an outright rejection of the message of God's true prophets like Jeremiah they're saying to them you guys are nuts you don't know what you're talking about verse 14 says therefore says the Lord the God of hosts because you have spoken this word behold I am making my words in your mouth a fire and this people would and the fire shall consume them So in response to this ridicule and denial, God gave Jeremiah more explicit descriptions of the coming invasion, making God's word in the mouth of Jeremiah a fire. Now, fire in the Old Testament was often used as indicating judgment. The very words of God that were spoken by Jeremiah, as written by F.B. Huey, would either convict and lead to repentance or serve as judgment on the unrepentant. Verse 15 says, Behold, I am bringing against you a nation from afar, O house of Israel, declares the Lord. It is an enduring nation. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you do not know, nor can you understand what they say. Their quiver is like an open tomb, and they are all mighty warriors. They shall eat up your harvest and your food. They shall eat up your sons and your daughters. They shall eat up your flocks and your herds. They shall eat up your vines and your fig trees, your fortified cities in which you trust. They shall beat down with the sword. Here is the fire of judgment that was given to Jeremiah, lumping the nation as a whole together. Although the northern kingdom of Israel had already been destroyed and led into captivity into Assyria, Babylon will be this distant, ancient, and enduring nation. Pleas that they have for mercy will not be understood from a nation with a language unknown by the Israelites. Notice that the covenant God made with his people before entering the promised land, that if they fail to follow God, a nation will take them captive and destroy them. In Deuteronomy 28.49, when Moses was laying out, this is the covenant you're making with God, and if you don't follow through, this is what's going to happen. In verse 49, the Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the end of the earth, swooping down like the eagle, a nation whose language you do not understand, a hard-faced nation that shall not respect the old or show mercy to the young. It shall eat the offspring of your cattle and the fruit of your ground until you are destroyed. It shall not leave you grain, wine, or oil, the increase of your herds or the young of your flock until they have caused you to perish. They shall besiege you in all your towns until your high and fortified walls 
in which you trusted come down throughout all your land and they shall besiege you in all your towns throughout all your land which the Lord your God has given you now the failure to abide with the Mosaic covenant is now bringing the fruit of destruction as God had told them many generations we are given a vivid description of what happens in an, in an invasion and a siege they will take the food they will enslave your children they will take away livestock they will siege a fortified city eventually beating it down through the starvation and conquest nothing will remain for the conquered people and archaeologists have verified the scorched earth policy of the Babylonians against the cities of Judah the deniers said nothing would happen but it would with exceptional cruelty and thoroughness verse 18 and 19 says but even in those days declares the Lord I will not make a full end of you and when your people say why has the Lord our God done all these things to us you shall say to them as you have forsaken me and serve foreign gods in your land so you shall serve foreigners in a land that is not yours again we need to see that the promised destruction is not total annihilation the ultimate purpose being the punishment is redemptive for this punishment is redemptive and not vindictive in hebrews 12 5 through 6 it says and have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons my son do not regard lightly the discipline of the lord nor be weary when reproved by him for the lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives now the people will naturally ask why this is happening to them Jeremiah was to explain because you had forsaken God and served other foreign gods so you will serve foreigners in a land that is not yours but during this time of trial God brings them back to him no longer are they a divided nation but a single nation honoring God when he brings them back in 70 years In our next episode 10 in season 6, we'll complete chapter 5, where God continues to warn a rebellious and foolish people. I hope you'll follow season 6 as we continue to follow the career of Jeremiah and the history around his ministry. Biblical Tapestry is available on Facebook, Instagram, and end threads. And I encourage you to please like and share this podcast if you have learned something new about God's Word. May God bless you this day.